What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne. Uh, hey, listeners. And Dan Stapleton. <laughs> Scooped. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about loading screens. I love those. We're going to oh, talk hi. about... You can play some of them. We're going to talk about yeah. video game addiction. Now that everybody's tuned out, yeah. <laughs> what are we really going to talk about? But first, E3 is uh, just a week and some change away right now. Ooh, ooh, yeah, by the time a lot of people are listening to this, uh, a week from that day, <laughs> which people will be going down to E3. Ow. Uh, yes, exactly. That's the math that I'm working on right now. Uh, we're going to see a lot of games at E3. Uh, we're going to see a lot of games that we won't be playing for a long time. Mm-hmm. One of them could be the Final Fantasy VII remake, yeah. which uh, there's some news this week how development has shifted back to Square Enix internal development. I think uh, it was CyberConnect that was handling development, uh, the main thrusts of development on the remake. Sounds like it's not been going great. And now, when was that game announced? Two E3s ago, so 2015. No, 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 the Seven remake. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I thought Seven Remake was from PS3 era, like seven or eight years ago. No, it's been rumored forever, but it wasn't officially. The time it was like confirmed E3 was the same E3 that Last Guardian was revealed, right? Two E3s ago. Uh, And then, so it's being, the development's being pulled back into Square Enix internal, and they said the game is still years out. Yeah. It along with. You guys do remember the cinematic trailer from like 10 years ago, where they're like, it was used to show off uh, the PS3. Yes, but that wasn't that was a real a, product. It was that never, was like, never became a product. But maybe that helped fuel the like. That was there were already rumors about. It. You're right. There are rumors it, about the Final Fantasy VII remake, and they showed this real time demo, yeah. and then they they were like, "It's not a real product. We're yeah. just showing off we're the just power." Messing with you, yeah. But potentially, exactly. it could have been in development this whole time. But I don't think it was. But it's years away still. <laughs> still years away, uh, which prompts our first email this week, which comes from. Big Tony Big style. Big Tony style. It's been a while since we've heard from our good Woo! friend. <laughs> and he says, with E3 right around the corner and the news of Final Fantasy VII Remake development shifting to Square Enix internal development, I started thinking about games that get announced at E3 prematurely. Premature announcement, as they, they call that uh, mm-hmm. affliction. With the many years you have attended the conference, I'm wondering what are some games that stood out to you that either never saw the light of day or have been stuck in development limbo? Project Hammer. Which one is that? Uh, that was a Wii game that was announced. Yeah, that uh, game looks so cool. With, you use like the nunchuck and the controller at, with like you know like big hammers. Played it's basically game. arms. It's basically arms. <laughs> no, but so was it, I thought out. that was the Pikmin-ish one where. Uh, I mean, there was a guy with a hammer and it was called Project Hammer. That's as much as you're going to get out of me for that one. Really? Yeah, but it was a launch game. Yeah. Or a launch. I mean, it was it was who? announced around before the By launch. Nintendo. Yeah. It was a Nintendo game. Wow. Yeah. I think StarCraft Ghost is another famous one that, that yeah, was sure. made an appearance at several E3s and then just never happened. That's mm-hmm. from like late 90s, 2000s. That was in the era, 2000s, yeah. Around. I was really excited that we were going to talk about Final Fantasy because we have a Final Fantasy expert on the show today. Yeah, Dan Stapleton. <laughs> oh, yes. Who's never All played things. a Final Fantasy game. I, 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 played, I, played, I played one of the NES ones. I couldn't tell you which one. You didn't even play There's it? only one NES one, Dan. Well, yeah. In, 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 in the US. English, yeah. yeah. Did you grow up um, in Japan? <laughs> All the not, Dragon Quest not games? People, not many people know oh, that sorry, about me. So. Drockway. sorry. Drockway. You're more of a Drockway fan, There's right? been a few. Um, I was a big Sega kid growing up, uh, you know, and didn't have an appreciation for Nintendo until I was a little older. And uh, I got to play, there's a 3D Vector Man that never came out. Wow. Uh, they were going to reboot Vector At Man. At E3? Yeah. yeah. They were, uh, this is a real like thing. On, I'm sorry, Dreamcast? It was, uh, it was when Sega was already third party. 
So I think maybe it was demoed on PS2, I guess. It would have been E3 probably 2003 or four. one of the very first E3s I ever went to. Why is it called Vector Man? He's mad at a balls. Yeah, that's a good question. Nobody maybe knows. because they follow, like, straight vectors or something? I have a pretty good Vector Man impression. Uh, he says, whoa. Wow, I didn't know Vector Man spoke. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Played that game. Um, so so the, the more recent games that, that, yeah. that are not three? out. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's, that's what I was going to say. I think that was that from that same year, uh, that Final Fantasy VII Remake at the Sony Conference 2015. What, what's going to come out first? FF7 Remake <laughs> or Shinmu 3? Wait, those games aren't really lost, though. No, but I'm saying... No, they're not they're lost, they've just been announced. The question is, maybe they were announced too early, just like we're, you know, if, the, if you're... If like you're, Death Stranding? If your game is showing up that's at... a good example. Two, three, four, five E3s, you know, maybe you should have waited to make the announcement. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Crackdown is, the, is the, uh, the big one from Microsoft. Crackdown is another one from Microsoft. That was, yeah. that was announced with the launch of the Xbox One, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was announced the following year. It was announced in 2014. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a long time it's ago a different. It's a subtle yeah. difference, but a difference between games that uh, hit some trouble, like Crackdown. Uh, I guess, you know, where I'm, I'm extrapolating a little. Uh, they have hit trouble. Right. Like, it seems like that game was kind of on track and something happened and it hit some trouble versus things. That they did, like, you know, Shenmue was a logo and that was it. Like, yeah, the, Kickstarter the Kickstarter went live. So, there wasn't day. any game yeah. that existed. So, that one, you know, and then they the knew. The Kickstarter raised the money and everything, right? Oh, yeah. We just didn't it was, well, and it split like Sony's funding it as well. And, like, my, theoretically, they had more than the logo and they didn't just go out there with, with uh, the logo and an But that idea. does happen sometimes. I, I'm sure um, it does. And, uh, you know, so that's an example of a game that they knew when they announced it that that game was years and years away. Whereas some, I think they were a little too ambitious. Uh, we talked about Crackdown. Also on Xbox One, there's this game, Gigantic. Oh, right. an, an MMO announced in 2015. Not, I thought it was a MOBA. Uh, it's out, isn't it? It's. I don't think it's out. I don't think it's ever officially Maybe it's one of those out. games that's I like think it's early been like access. A preview, game preview, but it's never been like Just out. a long, long time. Yeah, that's from 2015. I did mean to look at your notes, but Dreams? <laughs> I'm so happy that it didn't come out. Well, yeah, it looks scary. I wasn't ready to jump over to play, PlayStation 4 yet. But sure, <laughs> Dreams was announced for PlayStation 4 in 2015. Yeah, and that was that... Media Molecule, right? Is it a VR game that uses the move controllers? Where I don't you think can it was like, VR. It's not VR. It, it was a ma game maker. I think, or like an or experience just, I maker. I think you like use the move controllers to create assets in a game world. And you Man, can, I was not into it at all. It just looked really yeah. weird. Do you think that... Is that game ever coming out? Yeah. It's been... <laughs> I don't know. Two years. Yeah. I don't know. It looks like looks like something that stoners would really appreciate. I don't know if like that. You know that sometimes maybe the hype just doesn't take off. Yeah, and people like you know, and they just quietly just let it. Sony really mentioned again. I mean, E3 2015, like that was the year that they blew the doors out. You know, they had the orchestra and uh, you the know, orchestra was last year. Oh, orchestra. Well, okay, so two years in a row they've done this. I mean, maybe not with the orchestra, but I just mean like. There, we've talked about it a little on Scoop before. Like they always have a more impressive E3, and uh, they just have it timed out perfectly. Like game announcement, game announcement, trailer, demo, blah 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 blah. And then yeah. everyone's like, "Oh my God, Sony crushed <laughs> E3!" And then like, and then years later, we're still waiting. For well, that's games. what they're they're a lot better about. Like they they ended their conference with Spider Man, and they're a lot better about building hype, you know. And then, uh, but then I'm like, wait a second. Is yeah. that Spider-Man game years away? Yeah, there's still like, no release date for Spider-Man. I mean, it could be this year. If we're we'll see more of that for Me 3 this year, I'm sure. But uh, One of the games that I've been waiting for for a very, very long time, it's uh, notoriously been taking a long time to develop, is Below yeah. from yeah. Capybara. That game was announced in 2013. Goodness so 13, gracious. 14, 15, 16. This will be the fifth year at E3 if it is. And I always think about was, Below as a PAX game. Yeah. When was Deep Down? <laughs> 
Uh, well, so I that was announced. Canceled. It was that, canceled or just? I don't think it was ever officially canceled. But that was announced at the PlayStation 4 reveal in yeah. February of 2013. I don't think it's ever actually made an appearance at E3. I think it's probably vaporware. And then they announced that it was going to be free to play. Yeah. But. And then it had some weird, like, Assassin's Creed-esque, like, it was a Dark Souls game, you know, a fantasy game. But then there yeah. was some sort of hints that it was post-apocalyptic or futuristic in some way. It looked neat. And I think there's been a couple instances of Yoshinori Ono being like, we'll have more to share next year. And then yeah. it just never comes around. And then what about Cuphead? Yeah. yeah. We are Where's still Cuphead? waiting on Cuphead. That game has no three, release date. Three E3s now? Yeah. It has no release date. I would think it would be coming this year. but game's got to come out. Yeah. you got to release your game. <laughs> uh, Star Fox 2 still waiting on that one yeah that's yeah <laughs> it's completely done didn't they release that as Star Fox 0 for the Wii U uh, no, no no that's not the same game for the Wii U. I know, I know. Right. we did get a Star Fox game last year I just don't think anybody cared much about it two Star Fox games that's right yeah Star Fox there Guard the Guard oh, yeah that's which true. was cool yeah Jose Good liked game. that more than Zero it's, it's likable it's really interesting Wii U R.I.P Dead Island 2 was announced at E3 in 2014 mm. And then maybe canceled, even that, though yeah, never officially confirmed to be. I mean, canceled. so they, they didn't they didn't cancel it. They just changed developers twice. Yeah. Uh, so that's just been in development hell. So I, I think they're yeah. they're still trying to push that stone up the up the hill. Also, uh, didn't take place on an island. Yeah, it's true. It was, <laughs> it was supposed to be just be California. Yeah. But I, I guess it was a metaphorical island because because California was walled off. As anyway. just stop it. Yeah. It's yeah. A deep <laughs> dead island lore there, Dan. Well, that was it was a thing because like the, yeah. Uh, Fable Legends was announced in 2013 and then what canceled last year? Yep. Just last year. Yeah. So that even that was like four, three years. Uh, yeah. Took that to be canceled. There was that Bioware, uh, what was it, four versus one? Shadowverse? RPG? Yeah. No, wait, that's the collectible card oh. game. The Shadow something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they announced it at Gamescom. But yeah, it was like their multiplayer game that. What about um, the Dragon game that we did the IGN first play? Uh, Scalebound. 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 Oh, yeah. Last year at E3, Microsoft said Scalebound would be their biggest 2017 release. And then it was canceled, but then now there's some some percolations about it not being canceled. Mm, Wasn't there like yeah. a, a more recent story than actual cancellation? Unconfirmed reports. <laughs> I don't I don't think I've heard anything about that. Yeah, I think that was canceled. For right now, we're not getting Scalebound this year. Yeah. That's yeah, platinum. At that's least. I, I guess just for, just to to say that we mentioned it, we Duke Nukem Forever showed up a lot of E3s. Yeah, that's true, and they actually came in out. very different yeah. forms, right? Yep. Yeah, because they they scrapped that one and restarted it several times. Uh, and then there's that Phantom Dust reboot, which the reboot got canceled, but then they sort of remastered the original, and that is out now. The HD remaster. Yeah. Man. Phantom Dust. Did you actually end up checking it out? I haven't checked it out yet. No. I'm if curious to see at, what you uh, think. Look, my uh, the uh, HDMI port previously inhabited by my Xbox One Ooh. has been taken over by my Switch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what can I, what can I do? There's, you have no... What are you supposed to do? There's nothing I can do. Until they figure out a way to add HDMI ports to TVs, there's nothing I can do. So if we would have all been at E3 in uh, 1991, which D3 didn't exist then, yeah. if we, we would have been like winter CES. Where's that California Raisins game? Yeah. What happened to that? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know there was a bootleg Donkey Kong Country 4 released for the NES what? in 1997? Cool. Yep. We got to track that down. Yeah. That's a scoop gem. Scoop. Ladies and gentlemen. A scoop gem. <laughs> Trademark Game Scoop. 2017. <laughs> uh, all right. Or well, it's reserved. Camp Goose. <laughs> E3 is right around the corner. We'll be 
uh, we look forward to seeing more games that we won't be playing for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are probably hundreds of others, so tell us about yours. Yeah, that's true, actually. I'm sure there's many we forgot about. Let's talk about loading screens. This is Matthew from L.A., and he has, he has some opinions on loading screens. Who doesn't? He says... I'm against them. <laughs> yeah, he says, like all other listeners, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate all the hard work you put into the show each and every week. The laughs are constant and the knowledge gained second to none. So thank you. It is consistently the best hour of my week. You're welcome, Matthew, but not a question. Bring on the loading <laughs> He says, before my question, a little background. I'm 25, a basic white dude in L.A., <laughs> And a casual gamer. First system I ever owned was an Xbox. I used to mainly play sports games, shooters, and adventure games. Loved Gauntlet. I assume he doesn't mean the arcade original. Oh. He must mean Gauntlet. What was Why Gauntlet? Why do you think that? What was it? Dark. Well, he says he's a casual gamer it's who was first system it came was out Xbox. more than 25 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm getting more into gaming as I get older, currently obsessed with Hearthstone, and I own a PS4. As it allows me to escape after a stressful workday or play something on silent, which is code for get killed repeatedly in Call of Duty. Recently, I love Shadow of Mordor and Call of Duty, but found the vastness of Metal Gear and Final Fantasy unbearable. Mm. I got about 5% and stopped. Mm. Justin, I purchased Stardew Valley, but also fear Ooh. it is too vast for me. Best game. I recently bought the Uncharted collection, plus Uncharted 4, and as I write this to you, I have just finished Uncharted 2, and I'm moving on to Uncharted 3, and for the entirety of my time during both games, I found myself thinking, this is amazing. Why aren't all video games like this? And wow, how fun. As I took a step back and pondered why I was feeling this way, it occurred to me, the Uncharted games, thus far, have absolutely no effing load screens. None. That's it, that's the big difference. So my questions, number one, are loading screens in modern games large open-world behemoths, a symptom of the memory and storage involved with the game. You know what's crazy about this is that cartridges should not have loading screens. But even uh, Breath of the Wild does when you go into I a shrine. I know. Yeah. Like, I thought we were going to get these cartridges and they'd have no loading. Well, it's bizarre to so, me. First of all, there is, there's always loading when you start it up. Like, there's, there's that load. Yeah. But then some games are just better at loading stuff in the background. So yeah. I, as, you're, as you're approaching new content, it's loading that in before you ever get to it, so it doesn't have to stop you and make you... That's what, like, uh, Uncharted's loading screens are the cutscenes, which is why they're not skippable. Right. They're also also well-hidden in a lot of games. Yeah, they they hide them. And, like, GTA would do... I mean, first of all, some games are much better at this than others. Like, it's absolutely incredible that you can fly a jet across, uh, what is it, Los Santos or whatever? It's weird that I had spent 100 hours in that game and can't remember now. But you can, like, fly a jet from one end of the game world to the other... All the building, you know, oh, San Andreas, San Andreas, and uh, 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 you know, it's just seamless. But they do hide loading when you zoom out of one character and zoom into the other. Um, you know, so some games, you know, Resident Evil would do it with the slow uh, opening of the door and then walking through. It's loading the next room. And Metroid um, was loading them behind the doors so you could shoot them for a while and they wouldn't yeah. open. In Metroid Prime, in, in Metroid Prime, they did mask it like it was opening. Uh, GTA is a good example of the streaming thing because when you're just you know going across the the level. You know, in, in a vehicle, it has time to load the next stuff you're going to see. But when you're skipping from one character to another, it's warping, which means it has to load yeah. in that entire new area. So it has to cover the loading. You can see it in the older GTA games. You'd be yeah. going across a bridge, and it would like kind of jank and catch up. And sometimes it would just stop. And they would load. do it like it was very noticeable in uh, Vice City because the city was split into a couple. Yeah. Like whenever you would cross the bridge, it was loading that chunk yeah, of the city. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but now, like GTA Five is just an incredible te- technical achievement in that way that you can run around that whole game world or fly around it and drive around it without it's just completely seamless. Just be happy you don't have to switch discs anymore. Oh, the man. fact they had to do that it got they, crazy even last generation. There was yeah. Xbox 360 games by the end. Discs. Yeah, but the, the so fact nuts. that they they were able to do that on the 360 and the PS3 uh, for GTA was was pretty crazy. Like it's uh, crazy that that's the same generation as like Perfect Dark Zero. <laughs> there are bad upfront loading screens these days. Prey oh, yeah. is really bad. Prey, Prey on, is bad about upfront and yeah. and uh, in, in between. Too. Yeah, especially toward the end of that game when you have to run back and forth a lot mm-hmm. uh, through a bunch of different zones. That the console loading screens really really stack up. Like, I, I, I played I on SSD had, and like, that was frozen or something. At one point, it took so long I couldn't yeah, believe they're it. They're really bad. It's the worst, or probably the second worst thing in like Elder Scrolls games. It's the, the loading, loading screens. Yeah. Just like, like downloaded games on your system and cartridges i i mean i know people out there can tell us why they have loading screens and i want to know because i've never been i don't know why like i the, the reason a the disc game. has a loading screen is that it's spinning it's physically and a laser spinning. is reading it yes and, and, and it has to read all of the data yes and no so so there, you, you're working with the transfer times between your hard drive and your ram mm-hmm. uh and ram is going to be is faster than than even a cartridge right so yeah so you have to you have to transfer that Data from the cartridge into your active system memory, mm-hmm. and that's what sucks up the time. Right. So cartridges are faster than than a you know traditional like 5400 5, RPM hard drive, mm-hmm. um, and you know an SSD is going to be a lot faster than that. Yeah. But it's still not as fast as just being in RAM, which is instant access. Mm-hmm. I used to uh, so I played Skyrim twice, once on console and then once on PC, and uh, you know my PC is much faster, more powerful. And then uh, the, everything loaded in too quickly for me to be able to read yeah. little tooltips. I don't get the oh, tooltips anymore. Yeah, well, anymore. I was going to say, developers have gotten better about keeping you entertained. Uh, I mean, the PS1 era was, yes. I mean... Well, that's so, like... Some game. Some of them had games in it. Isn't that what Geometry Wars was? Namco, like Tekken, had like Galaga in the loading screen. There was a patent on that that just recently expired within the last couple of years. No way. Yeah. Like, I feel like younger gamers, this is a total, like, back in my day, but it's so funny that as we got so much better and more sophisticated about some aspects of gaming, but then in that PS, early PS1 era, like, loading screens would be, like, 60 seconds. Like, it was... For every fight was Final like load, Yeah, to load, yeah. like, a load a Ridge Racer race, you would have to play around a Galaga first. Because that was, like, a big transition, uh, a change of format for the whole industry, and uh, they were still coming to terms with, you know, how best to... Either hide loading screens or yeah. uh, make them more efficient. Underrated uh, loading screen was Symphony of the Nights, where it had the loading was wavy text, but you could match the D-pad to like change mm. like the pattern of the waviness. And I used to get a lot. Of, I used you remember the sounds of the first loading screens you ever would uh, have uh, if you grew up in the eighties? It would be a, a six-inch floppy disk. You put it in, and <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> the mechanical. Yeah, I remember that. And I think it was just spinning it right and reading off of it. Actually, uh, Kotaku actually just wrote a, a really good article about about loading times, why they haven't decreased uh, as as things have have gotten you know faster. And, they have know, decreased somewhat. Somewhat, yeah. But the 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 counter to that is that uh, all the assets are getting higher definition. So when you have a much bigger texture, it you know you've got yeah. eight times, sixteen times as as much information you're trying to transfer. Yeah. So unless yeah. and especially like consoles, I want to. They I, call that Sam's law. <laughs> so I, Sam's law. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps that's gonna stick. That's gonna Did stick. you say Sam's Law? Yes. <laughs> I, I really hope that that the Scorpio, when that comes out, and, and you know the next version of the PS4, they just at least have an option for an SSD, because that yeah. that is it's one of the the best upgrades that I've made to my PC in the in the past you know 
five, ten years. It's so great. It's so great. They even start up fast. Yeah, it, it just you know comes on really fast, and it's all about yeah. that transferring from your hard drive to your RAM. My the faster gaming. you can do that, the faster you get. You're you know not slowed down by anything. The uh, the gaming computer that you helped me build uh, doesn't. The SSD is too small to have very many games on it, so they're mostly on the old school hard drive. But the operating system is on the SSD, and its boot up time is faster than my Xbox. I, Probably not as fast as PS4, but it's definitely faster than my Xbox One. I have I have a tool that you can use to shuttle games back and forth across that. Yeah, I mean I, I don't care that much, but like uh, it, it's uh, it's cr- the PS1 era. Thinking back to that era is crazy. Like I remember Final Fantasy VII. You said it would have that blurry loading screen and load you into the battle, but then. I used to, uh, you could open up your PS1 and take the game out of the console because the whole battle was loaded into the PS1. And then you could like put in a music CD if you were going to do like some crazy long boss fight or something like that. Whoa. And then when the battle was ending, just put your disc back in and then it would start spinning and load you back into the game. It's mode. nice to be able to just turn off consoles now and do like power saver mode and turn it back on. And then you avoid all the load. Yeah. That's what I like. It's uh. Sorry, I, yeah, I, I can sense that you're going to move on. No, I mean, the last thing, like, it, the, it was really uh, noticeable for me in Skyrim, as I said, because that's a game that had, it, like, the loading screens were long enough on console that it changed the way I played the game. I'm like, there's if I open that door, I'm going to hit a loading screen, and I would just not want to go in there. Like, it made yeah. me stop wanting to loot things and stop wanting to explore caves by the end of the game. Like, they... And even though it completely broke on PlayStation, I think they also slowly got longer over time on Xbox, which is a console I, I was playing on. Maybe well, like because your save file got lot larger other games and larger. Like Fallout, yeah. Like yeah, and uh, you know, on PlayStation, it ended up being notoriously completely hosed. But even on Xbox, like it just got worse and worse. If my memory's right, and so like it was a night and day difference switching to PC where suddenly just the freedom to not have to think about, like, do I really want to go in that Bard's College or not? Yep. Yeah, yeah I, 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 real quick, I, <laughs> on, when I played Skyrim, uh, the, the load screens went so fast that I, I didn't get to read the tips. Yeah, uh, so I played through the entire time uh, not realizing you could add favorites to switch, oh, wow. switch inventories oh, and spells. Ooh. So I, I, was, I spent way too much time in the, in the, in the yeah. menu screen, and I found that I'm like, what? <laughs> you loaded too fast. <laughs> Matthew has a PS. He says, Justin and Sam ranting and raving about Zelda has me on the hunt for a Switch. But before I make the lit, before I make the jump, how are the load screens? We touched on this a little. They're actually so yeah. here's you load a, in and out of shrines, and it makes you not want to play shrines. People, well, <laughs> but people, it, people talk about how long it takes to get in and out of shrines, and you can skip. Like there is a loading screen, but like I think some people don't know that like you hit the elevator and go down the elevator yeah. and load into the shrine. There's some odd that test that pops up, yeah. and you can mash through a lot of that. Yeah, but for sure. there's still a few seconds that are unavoidable. Yeah, maybe it's 20 seconds when you go in and out of a shrine. But in the entire, that, maybe all that's the open world yeah. doesn't have any. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what you can walk from one end of the map to the other without any yep. any loading, unless you die. Unless you die. Yeah, that's not that bad then. Uh, yeah. This is Gaz from Wales, UK. Gaz. Yep. Yep. Yes, all right. And he says, I have a serious concern Uh-oh. and want to ask for your opinion and advice on yep. gaming addiction as I don't ever hear it mentioned. Mm. I've been an avid gamer since the ZX Sinclair Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Maybe he played um, Death Star Interceptor. That's right. how we know he's from the, the UK, by the way. <laughs> Through the Mega Drive, PlayStation era, and now I have an Xbox and a, and a Nintendo Switch. Mega Drive is the second clue there. Yeah. I fear it is starting <laughs> to get Genesis. too much. I'm married and I have a little boy and love to play games with him too. But it's getting to the stage where I just keep buying more games. I have several unfinished Xbox games and I seem to be buying a game every week for the Switch. Yet while I play each new game, I'm already looking for the next fix, despite having several to play. Really interested to hear your thoughts or advice on what I worry is becoming a serious concern. 
So I know, this doesn't sound that serious to me. I think a video game addiction is something that's like disrupting your life. Right. So it's less a matter of like, are you buying a lot of games? It's are you spending yeah. a disproportionate amount of your life playing them? And like, even though you know you should be spending more time with your family, you don't. Well, it, it makes me feel like, like every single man, not every man, but like it's so common for men to be like, I'm not going to go through a midlife crisis. Then they get in their 40s and go through a midlife crisis. Like I see over and over and over again, the older I get, I'm spending more and more money on games, but playing them less and less and less. What's wrong with me? Like, I, you know, I see that on message boards. I see it in IGN comments. I see it all over the place. I think it's a very common that's the irony of like, you know, becoming an adult is like you have more disposable income. You know, your life is presumably, hopefully, a little bit more comfortable. You c it's not, you know, video games are still expensive, but when you're a kid, $60, man, yeah. you got to commit. And when you're an adult, you know, with a decent job, it's not quite as big a deal. And so you kind of pick up games and then you end up playing them less often. There's a simple formula that explains this. Uh, more disposable income minus time equals a larger stack of games that you can't yep. get to. And and also like there's a there is a collector's mentality that goes to it. Mm -hmm. like, sure. Just gonna say that. Yeah, it's like I I just want to own them all. And that's you know, that's Gotta entirely entirely separate thing from being addicted to games themselves. It's just I want to collect these things. Yeah, and like that can make people happy. Like if you look at your game library and you say, like, wow, what a cool, complete switch game library I have. If that also, makes you happy, then that's great. Or every Zelda game, or, you know, whatever, you know, Mega Man, like whatever you're a fan yeah, of. Yeah, or like deep collecting like that. I mean, that's, like people that's feel what that I'm way. Into. Like I feel that way about my bookshelf, I guess. Like it's like sort of a reflection of me as a person. And it's funny, like my wife and I have this bookshelf, and we don't completely split it up into his half and her half, but you can tell. Like, my side is all, like, genre fiction. Like, it's all science fiction and fantasy books, and then her side is all, like, you know, mystery books. And it's like, it, your game library can be a little bit of that, too. It's like, you know, you feel good about buying things, even if you don't get to spend that much time playing things. Like, Plus, I mean, the, the fact is that, like, gaming is not, like, even if you're buying a game a week, like a full-price $60 game a week, uh, that's not that expensive a hobby in the grand scheme of hobbies. Like if you're if you're a car, you know, who if knows you're a car what? guy, if you're going skiing a lot, you're going on a lot of trips. Snowboarding's really expensive, right? So and like you don't get to do that every week, and you can spend a lot of money doing that. So if it's if it's your hobby and you enjoy it, then like spending within your means a reasonable amount of money is is great. Like, I'd also say, you happy. like, it can be fun to, uh, you know, thrifty gaming. Like, sort of, uh, how much enjoyment can I get out of? Like, I want 100% the games that I own. Like, I want to get every achievement. I want to play this game in some different ways or with different characters. Like, I don't know. That's totally, like, a valid way to experience Absolutely. your game library as well. Yeah. Um, no, if... if uh, yeah, as if your son was coming to you saying, Daddy, I'm hungry, yeah. and you're like, go away, kid, I'm playing Game of War. Then I'd be a little bit worried uh, that right. you had a, a gaming addiction. Yeah, it's like the, mo the moment your life and then the people around you start to suffer because you're playing too many games, Yeah, like that's, that's a problem. On a, on a personal level, I mean, even I mean, I have kids now, so it's like it's a completely lost cause. But even before I had kids, I'd given up on my backlog. Like I used to keep track of it. There's websites... Uh, Oh, I'd like to give them a plug because I used to like it, but there's a backlog website um, where you can plug in your games and it'll tell you like how many hours it would take you to complete them all. And you can check off like, okay, this game I beat, this game I 100%ed, you know, and you can sort of like, like every gamer, you can get really obsessive about it. And I used to do that obsessively. And then eventually like the backlog, like I have a thousand Steam games now. Like I just, I gave up. I let go of it, and I've talked about it on Scoop before. Like, if I play a game for an hour and you know I'm not into it or whatever, it doesn't feel good that I spent sixty dollars on that. But I also just choose to be kind to myself and say, you know what, I'm not going to beat myself up over not wanting to play this game anymore. You should you should take a sabbatical. 
and yeah, just play just those games. thousand Steam games. I've thought about turning it into like an IGN thing, like playing sure. one every lunch break or something like that, but uh, that is almost certainly never going to happen. Yeah, there's, there's just an, an enormous amount of time that it takes to... Three years later, that know. project would be complete. <laughs> Uh, this is Ridian from South Wales, United Kingdom. So a, uh, a neighbor of Gaz. Mm. Yeah. It, do, you, do you two know each other? I don't know if Wales and... I am assuming Wales and South Wales are near each other. But maybe that's my ignorance. He says, hi guys. Love the show. Can't wait for the end of the week so I can get my GameScoop fix. Sometimes, no matter what game I'm playing, from Mario to The Witcher 3, the game just hands me my butt. Nothing I do goes right, and no matter what I do, I just can't get on it. Does this ever happen to you guys with the amount of games you have to play? Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> I mean, there are, there are certain games that are just your kryptonite and are are built to, you know, just not not the way you like like to play. Well, is this because I beat you at Injustice? <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm just really bad at fighting games. But so are you. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, no, I, just, I was gonna say it's not even like certain games that are like your kryptonite. Like even games that you are generally good at, sometimes you just have a bad day, and sometimes you just have to like walk away for a while, and when you come back in a day or two, then all of a sudden you're amazing at it again. Yeah, there's definitely like an element of like getting into the zone and something like Overwatch and just dominating and then another you know, another night you just can't steal a kill. I do chalk some of that up to like, did you have a good internet connection, <laughs> well, frankly? But, uh, but, but he's like, he says for Mario. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man, yeah. I've had some Mario fails. You know, after uh, when you play like a, a classic arcade game, like uh, Donkey Kong, which is a really hard game and, uh, you know, it's obviously competitive. There's movies about it. Um, Sometimes, if you have a drink, you get yeah. a little bit better at Donkey Kong. Yeah. Well, if you, and sometimes if you have two drinks, you're like, man, this is the best I've ever done at Donkey Kong. But and then it goes away so quickly, <laughs> and then like not even a third drink. Maybe it's just the setting in of like you're not loose up, you're not loose anymore. You're just terrible, especially for things it, like it goes downhill fast. Yeah. Geometry Wars, or there's a whole category of games where they don't require your full attention. If you let your mind kind of wander and like part of you is playing the game and part of you is thinking about something else, you'll realize you've made it farther in like Pac-Man or Geo Wars than you ever have before without even really paying too much attention to what's happening on the screen. I do that at least. Personally, there are games, some of my favorite games, in fact, are games that I enjoy playing and, and losing. Like FTL and XCOM are, are games that that you know yeah, sometimes you will get a basically bad can't not lose in those right and well yeah you can't but uh, <laughs> not about not times you'll I, get you'll get to that mothership in FTL and then there's another one <laughs> well it's, it's the same one but you have to kill it three yeah. times but anyway uh, it I mean for me the the you know winning isn't necessarily the the goal of, in those games it's having a good story out of it mm -hmm. like hey remember that time I, I yeah. got that great weapon and almost won like that that's just as good to me as as winning in most cases. Yeah, like you say, Sam, there have been scientific studies that show that two alcoholic drinks like gets the Are creative, you serious? Yeah, gets the creative parts of your brain firing and it gives you a burst of energy and focus. But also, like you say, if you continue, that there's a, yeah. a very sharp, <laughs> steep uh, roller coaster to climb. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't I didn't know there was any science. Very true with really uh, music games. Is there okay. is there any oh, is there yeah, any totally. guidance on how big those drinks should be? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Dan, you're a big boy, so you're probably yeah. all right. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's time to share what we've been playing. Ooh, who would like to share first? Ooh, 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 Dan. I'm I'm playing Star Trek Bridge Crew. Yeah, Love that game. It, it's it's neat. I mean, it it's so it's a game that makes a fantastic first impression. Uh, because it's a it's a VR game. It's on PSVR. It's on Oculus. It's on Vive. I'm playing on Oculus because that's what I own. Uh, and you know, it uses motion controllers. Mm. Uh, and you've got four people on the bridge of a of a Federation starship. You know, uh, the, the default one is is based on the on the new movies. 
you can also play in certain capacities in the in like a really detailed recreation of the original uh, the original Enterprise from from the you know seventy series. I still haven't seen like what it looks like to be in the captain's chair. In that. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it it looks great. It's it's a very loving recreation of of it's awesome of all of that all of that stuff. And it's four player co op. Uh, you can play single player if you want, uh, and and just order the AI around, or just jump between the seats and and do stuff. Because there's like a campaign, basically. Yeah, it's a, it's a short campaign. Uh, it's like five or six missions, and each of them takes about half an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's it's short, but then there's a continuing missions uh, option where it has kind of a randomized version of those. Um, and that's the party game side of it, right? Right. Like if you want to just entertain, like it's fun with friends. Yeah, and and the like, it's not so much stuff that it would require a bunch of people to do. Mm-hmm. It's just they've divided up, divided up the tasks deliberately so that you have to kind of coordinate with between stations. Um, and that creates kind of that social dynamic of having to ask other people to do stuff so that you can do what you want to do. Uh, and I think it's at its most fun when nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. When you're when you're bumbling around, like my, yeah. my favorite, your favorite episodes of Star Trek are when Scotty's like, how do the shields work? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that, Fire that phasers. Episode. And then the guy's like. There is an episode of TNG where they come across the stupid ship. Yeah. And they say, make us go. Yep. Make it go. Make it go. Yeah. There was a guy I was playing with on my on my crew last night who was in the tactical seat and he kept talking about firing the lasers. I'm like, no, they're phasers. Firing lasers. Yeah. He wouldn't stop. Uh, you're the captain, so you could tell him to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like I, I did find that that people kind of fell into following orders. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever say belay that order? I didn't. I'll. I might try that tonight. Uh, Ooh, <laughs> the card says that. Yes, it's uh, it's it's neat in that in in that respect, like in, in discovering it together and and having those those goofy moments and you know watching people flail flail their arms around. Mm. Uh, I think it's not going to have a lot of long legs to it because. Ninety-five percent of what you're doing in there is combat or avoiding combat, and the combat just isn't very good. It's yeah. it's very simple. Uh, it doesn't even have like shield facing, so you can never say divert power to the forward shield. It's always yeah. So it's 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 very limited in that way. There's it's not as tactically deep as something like Starfleet Command or, or Bridge Commander, uh, which are games that I play the hell out of. But so I'm, I'm I'll have that review up by the end of the week. Cool. Justin, oh, I'm playing uh, a little thing called Twin Peaks on Netflix. <laughs> no, I mean I have limited free time in my life, and you know I finished Zelda, and I fi- I was talking about The Witcher for weeks, and finally put The Witcher down. I don't think anyone ever truly finishes The Witcher; it finishes you eventually. Um, you know, played a lot of that game and put it down, and then um, I've been at Skellige. No, I didn't ever Man. make it that far. I didn't see the big whale, whale which was the whole yeah, point the of second, me playing that game to begin with. That's in the second with. area, Skellige. It's really cool. Um, so when I do play games, I'm still trying to work my way through uh, three-starring all the all the 150 and 200 CC courses in Mario Kart. Mm. So that's playing a lot of fun. But mainly, I just it's E3 time at IGN means it's fairly high stress, fairly high anxiety around the IGN office. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun. But I mean, it's a busy time of year. Sure. So when I come home, I'm wiped, and I just want to watch a little bit of Netflix and. Uh, and chill solo. <laughs> Whoa, oh, but no, wait a second. Solo. You're not helping this. All right. Literally chill. I hear you. I hear you. All right. And then uh, and then just the idea of, you know, jumping into some big high stress video game is not what I'm interested in right now. But I'll tell you that Twin Peaks, I can't wait to find out what happened to Laura Palmer. Her life was out of control, Damon. You're watching the new one or are you streaming old? I, the, I have never saw I never saw the original. Yeah. So I've only ever seen the pilot of the original. Oh man. Yeah. It's uh she was a she was a high school student but had a lot of secrets that she kept close to the chest. Well. This now her like, secrets will be yours. Yeah. 
Damn. Uh, well, I just played Arms about five minutes before we started the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You guys can watch videos of Arms and get just what it's like to play it. I don't really. Uh, it's not. It's not for me. Mm. That's fine. Uh, I jumped. Leg man. I jumped once in Magikarp Jump. Yeah. Uh, that's not for me either. That's the new Pokemon yeah. well, game. It's sort of a joke app disguised as a game. I don't know. It's, it's weird. made it's by the Pokemon simplistic company. It's very and it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's funny. A bird can take your Magikarp, and it's really sad. Uh, and then uh, I beat Zelda, so that's what I was working on this week. Oh, wow. That's a big deal. I should say, Damon. I know people don't want to hear me talk about it, so I won't. It's an old mobile game that I played a couple years ago, but I rediscovered, so I'd like to give it a shout-out on the show. Uh, the Blockheads. The Blockheads? The Blockheads. It might just be Blockheads on the App Store. But uh, it's a 2D Minecraft clone, but sort of the twist or spin that they put on it is that you can queue up. You have multiple people that you control that you can tap and switch between. It can be like, you, go mine out these 100 blocks. And then if you close the app and come back, it tells you, like, hey, while you were gone, Justin mined out these blocks and got this stone and got Mm. this bronze. And so the game can sort of be playing while you're away. You can say like, you run the furnace and you know turn all this raw bronze into ingots and you you know mine out down here and then when you come back, that'll just be done and complete. So it's a nice mobile game to pop into, you know, chop down, queue up some trees to be chopped down, queue up some blocks to be mined out and then it'll be done when you come back into it. Blockheads. Yeah. I have one other game, speaking of blocks that you and I played, which is we got a new Tetris cabinet in the office. Oh uh, yeah, new old, yeah. new old cabinet. What? Nineteen eighty-seven. I didn't know that. Yeah, Atari Tetris. It's really nice. Oh. It's really fun to play, and it has a cool head-to-head mode, and it has you know, it's like the version before Nintendo licensed it. So it's Atari, and it has like different Russian music, but it's really fun. It's what everybody really experienced early on for Tetris, aside from the people that adopted earliest on yeah, PC. Yeah, it's like before they uh, introduced being able to hold a piece on reserve. Yeah. So you can't do that. You got to use the piece you get. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but it just has a, it's just a good two-player head-to-heads stand-up upright. Touch and it was screen. surely before you could spin infinitely, right? Yeah, you uh, can't do that. That's yeah. crazy. It's a modern Tetris. Yeah, really. Yeah. You, and like to spin the... both ways, the control panel has the buttons on either side of the joystick. Wow. Yeah, so, so little... like really, you're not going to be spinning both ways. Yeah. It's a little. You pick one. Yeah, yeah but I've my, seen people really like. Good I, at it. I played Tetris on, on the the '89 Game Boy, and I don't think it had either. Of the, I think no, it, you, no, that, you could, it didn't. You could spin that. You could spin that infinitely, and yeah. it, it had uh, no reserve piece. The Tetris yeah, company right. now that licenses Tetris, like you're allowed to do whatever you want, like put your characters in it, do this, do that, but they have like guidelines or rules, like that Tetris has to be, and I think you have to be able to hold a piece is one of them and like you have to be able to spin mm-hmm. infinitely now like they have these like this set of like yeah best practices or guidelines That's funny that weren't you know that weren't in place back then this version of tetris came out on the nes it's one of the rarest nes games wow. well, it's, the tengen know, one i guess it's not one of the rarest nes games it's a rare nes game and it's yeah the tengen tetris tengen is just atari yeah. Making bootleg games for NES. Pirated NES And games. some legit ones. And uh, they uh, made this, and then there was this big lawsuit about it. You can read about it in David Chef's Game Over. But basically, Nintendo got the license to, and uh, Atari and Nintendo were both putting out a Tetris on NES. So this one was put out and recalled. And on NES, it's really interesting. It's the same game, good music from the arcade and everything. They put in a co-op mode. Mm. The co-op mode has Whoa. a double-wide trough. Wow. And you both are getting... Blocks drop, dropped in from either side, and it's kind of fun. That's, That's awesome. Fun. That sounds cool. Yeah. Didn't we also get uh, Tekken 7 cabinets today? Just got a paired-up Tekken 7 cabinet in the office uh, just a few minutes ago. We got a Miss Pac-Man cocktail table with the speed chip. We're getting a bunch of new arcade games in our arcade. Come by on a first Friday, and you can play them. Yeah, except this first Friday is sold out, I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm seven. Yeah. <laughs> 
Remember when Tekken 3 was a big deal on PlayStation? Yeah, dude, Tekken 3, that's the year that I got, like, because I did the thing that we've talked about on the show before, where I didn't get a PlayStation 1 at launch. I waited a few years and then was able to get Tekken 3 and Final Fantasy 7, and, like, for some reason, Obworld was a big deal to me. Like, Was it because it was graphically impressive, mainly? Is that? Yeah, I and remember like, why 3 just, was such a huge deal. It just was. I don't know if it's the first one that came to PlayStation, or, like, oh, yeah, I remember they, video game magazines were really hyping it up, and me and my, I was in college, so our, my friends and I were into, like, playing it First that's the only Gordo. yeah it's the only Tekken I've ever played me too it's kind of weird yeah I Sam that's actually a really good question I'd be curious to find out why like I feel like a lot of people me included like Tekken 3 like that was my big experience with that yeah franchise. that's a cool yeah. question to answer uh our review of Tekken 7 that's up right now it's a review in progress for now but um uh Derry I think wrote it yep Derry Husky he uh talks a lot about like the storyline and how weird it is of the yeah, Tekken yeah. series and I didn't realize that that was something that people have been following but it's bizarre we've been Marty and I have been brainstorming we don't quite have it figured out but we want to do a feature on just the insane weird video game stories like uh like there's Cammy is like a clone of M. Bison but a female <laughs> version like like they're always insane I mean, Mortal Kombat's just totally bonkers yeah. too they all are <laughs> yeah uh I've been playing Disguise 5 Complete on Switch it's mm-hmm. no secret that I'm a big Disgaea fan. Got back I, into it. Yeah, like I loved Switch. I loved Disgaea 5 on PS4, and now uh, it's great on Switch. And I didn't even realize that the complete version includes all these other characters from previous Disgaea games, and then also uh, just other NIS games. Uh, what, like the Witch and the Hundred Knight, whatever that is. But uh, yeah, so like right as you start the game, uh, you're just given all these extra characters and new worlds to go to, or if you beat them, you, you, they can join your party. And so like right off the bat... Your the your character party is just like twenty characters long. And Does that break the game? No, not at all. It's just, I mean, not for me. I'm having a great time playing. It. Yeah, they're not they're like level. They don't not like hugely leveled up or anything right uh, right away. So, but that game has like uh, really chill music and a very repetitive uh, sort of monotonous you know gameplay loop, which I like. Works for me. You know, you go out on your mission, you go on your tactical combat scenario, come back to your home base. Uh, buy new items, heal your characters. Are you playing mainly again. in portable form? I was when I we traveled home to Kansas City last weekend. I played right. it on yeah. the flights and in the hotel room. But since I've been home, I've been playing it docked with the uh, Pro Controller. And it feels great. But like, my wife went to bed at 10 p.m. last night, and then just for the next three hours, I'm just like playing Disgaea, <laughs> and like the music is chill, and I'm just slowly just like sinking down in the couch. So it's like 1 a.m. Like, okay, I gotta go to bed. That's a good good break from murdering teens. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we talked about Friday what? the 13th on uh, oh, okay. last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Friday the 13th, the game. Uh, you got to see the glitch that he recorded in that game. It's, yeah. it's up on IGN as of today, which is Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, we put the video up today, and I posted on my Twitter. Uh, pretty amazing glitch that I was able to capture yesterday. It's so good. <laughs> I was Jason's left. just trying to stab this, this lady, and she's like... 10 feet above him, yeah, just running problem. around in the air, and he's just slowly walking back and forth trying to, trying to stab her. And then it goes off the rails. Why. She I, floats out of the cabin and, like, out the It just the keeps going. It has a wonderful ending. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know why. I don't know why the teens in the movies never tried I know. That. Just yeah. float away from Jason. Yeah. It's so, so simple. They're always so dumb in those movies. Yeah. They deserve what they get. Uh, all right. Our video game 20 questions suggestion this week comes from the Cobra Commander from Cobra Island. And what? before we get to it, he has... Oh, that's a hint. Yeah, he actually has a, a question that we're going to uh, discuss first. So he says, First, after recently finishing a couple of different games, I found myself wanting to go back and play a little Fallout 4. Mm. Thanks to the IGN guide and the map, I've pretty much done everything possible in this game. So I went to the PlayStation Store to see if there was any new DLC. Sadly, there was none. 
Which brings me to my question, why? For a game this huge, with such a huge following, why don't developers keep making DLC for these kinds of franchises? I know there was some content the first year, and I got all of it, but then it just stopped. Does DLC just not make money? I would think a game like Fallout or Witcher or other huge games like this could easily maintain an ongoing DLC and make money on it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably just diminishing returns. Mm. Uh, like, the, you know, the, the more DLC you get out, soon after a game comes out the more people are still actively playing it or want to come back to it soon you know soon uh, you know they have fond memories of it fresh in their brain want to come back to it i think the the longer you go out you'll still get sales from from a guy like this who's who's super invested in it but that's a, a dwindling crowd yeah. uh, so unless you're unless you're putting out just a full expansion which is a massive investment uh, and basically it you know can be as much as like a new game uh, it doesn't necessarily make sense to keep putting out uh, DLC for for a game like that. In certain cases, it does. Certain certain games, they do keep putting out DLC for years. Well, it's yeah. pretty. Uh, you know, my I didn't play any of the Fallout Four DLC because I fell off that game. But in my head, they supported it for a long time. They had six or six or seven. They, they had two size. rounds of it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's like more than a lot of single player games get. I think it makes a lot of sense in. Uh, a multiplayer context, like you know, Killer Instinct is still having multiple seasons with new fighters. Obviously, you know, Dota, League of Legends, keep introducing new, you know, modules that you can add on to. In a single player game, if you release an expansion for a single player game, the most sales you could ever get ever would be, you know, the maximum number of people that bought the game to begin with. So, and obviously, you know, yeah. half of them or whatever percentage of them aren't gonna buy it. So, it's a uh, it's a tough financial proposition. But the flip side is. You know, they know. They do the math. They say, you know, 20% or 50% of our players will buy this DLC, but, you know, we're not making new textures. We're not making new characters or anything like that. Like, they they know they need to invest in, you know, new writing and maybe some new areas, maybe some new dialogue, but then they don't need to do, like, new systems or things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a Fallout that you can just keep playing forever that never ends, it sounds like he's looking for a Fallout MMO. Which, you know, Fallout 4 is a, designed as a single-player game that will end eventually. It would be a very different style of game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, MMOs are, are the example of something where you've got people hooked in and, and mm. will, they'll keep buying stuff generally. Like a, a good portion of them will. And if a free-to-play structure or in a, in a subscription one where they've got expansions like World of Warcraft. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in either one of those contexts, uh, there's more revenue that they can extract from their like very hardcore audience, right? Like, if you release a Fallout 4 expansion pack, that's, you know, $10 or $20. Like you've set a ceiling on like the maximum amount of money you can make from your Fallout super fan. Like for World of Warcraft, that's not the case. Like there's not really a ceiling. If someone's crazy hardcore, they give you like here's a twenty dollar pet you can buy, and here's some cosmetic options you can buy, and more character slots in a free to play game. And um, yeah, they they one do. would hope they're using their time and money to work on a different really cool new game. And it's yeah, another good it's reason manpower why is on. manpower is yeah. a big thing. And I, I guess with Fallout Four though, that they do have mods on. They they did eventually get mods on PlayStation, right? Uh, yeah. I think I think it's a more both. it's a more limited capacity than than on yeah, Xbox. Yeah, it definitely launched. Yeah. Um, and then uh, but uh, you know, on PC they can still do stuff that neither yeah. console can because they can mess with whatever they want. Uh, so if you really want a yeah. limitless you could Fallout, just play again with some sort of crazy. Macho Man, Randy Savage mod. <laughs> I sense I've never seen the stats. Like maybe some developer on Gamma Sutra has done a postmortem where you can learn more about this. But I'd be curious to see like how soon, like Witcher Three, he brought up where like Hearts of Stone came out fairly soon after the game, but Blood and Wine was like way later. And it, like 
it was like, how did that do for them? Like, but people those, have moved those are, on. Yeah. Those are full on expansions, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, so like, I'm just saying, you ride the wave of like, you have to balance it. Like if your DLC comes out too fast, people are mad and feel like yep. it should have been in the game. But if you wait too long, like, you know, the ship's kind of sailed and people have moved on to other stuff. They've put the game down and maybe they're not interested in it anymore. So, there, there, there's a balancing act there. And I'd be curious to see, like, did each of those Fallout expansions sell a little worse than the one before? I don't know. And they're different. They put out different kinds in Fallout. They put out mm -hmm. like, these kind of construction packs, which yeah. are geared toward the people who are just in there to build a bunch. And then they put out some yeah. bigger ones, uh, like Nuka World, that are that are focused toward people who want to do single player adventuring. Yeah. Spooky Island, as I think was the yeah. actual name. <laughs> yeah, uh, that Spooky Island. <laughs> uh, Cobra Commander has a follow up question. He says, "I heard a few rumors that Obsidian may be working on a new release for Fallout, kind of like they did with Vegas." Any truth to this that you've heard? Probably not. Almost, almost certainly yeah. not. So uh, there were a lot of a lot of rumors that that sprung up around uh, like the Project New Orleans stuff yeah. that uh, that um, Obsidian was working on. Um, that uh, Josh Sawyer was was tweeting about New Orleans, um, and you know, in a notebook that looks somewhat Fallout-ish, but that, that is confirmed to not be a Fallout project that they were working on. Uh, so. I think Dan's right. I think probably not, but I don't think... I mean, the short answer is no. I haven't heard any rumors, but I would say that Obsidian is a company, like... You know they're turning to Kickstarter to fund their products, and they they take on contract work for other publishers. They do a mixture of like here's our own project, and then they work on other people's stuff. So I wouldn't consider it out of the realm of possibility. No, absolutely not. In fact, they've said we would love to work on another Fallout game. And New Vegas, man. I mean, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part because of how excellent New Vegas was. Yeah, but New Vegas is the best Fallout game as far as I'm concerned. Oh, well, it might be my favorite. I'm a three man myself. <clears throat> I like three too. Uh, Cobra Commander has a follow-up to the follow-up. Uh, it's not allowed. <laughs> as Omega Cops, what exactly are you enforcing in? Where are your uniforms? Uh, the Omega Cops patrol Camp Goose, and we make sure nobody steals a scoop gym. That's right. <laughs> we're actually plain clothes officers. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. Which I think announcing that maybe gives it away <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. But... <laughs> Uh, and which brings us to Video Game 20 Questions, which was provided by Cobra Commander. Let the uh, question Where in. is he from? Um, oh, from Cobra Island. Cobra Island. Uh, I think that's in Wales. Uh, <laughs> let the questioning begin. Was this game originally available on a cartridge? Nope. All right. So it could be an arcade game or a disc of some sort. Or digital Some offerings. sort of digital offering. <laughs> I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you narrow down like the the old stuff. Uh, that's is this from the generations? Uh, or sorry, is this from 2000 or later? Yes. Okay. Um, was it multi-platform? Yes. Mm. Is this game on uh, current generation consoles? No. Is it on the uh, PS2 era of consoles? Yes. Oh. So late late PS2, GameCube, Xbox. I guess not that late actually. Never mind. Just PS2, GameCube, Xbox. Maybe PC? No. No, I take it. <laughs> GameCube, yeah, never mind. It's not late at all. I'm, I'm all mixed up. Uh, is this a multiplayer game? No. Uh, Single player, multi-platform, uh, PS2 era. Yeah. I mean, it could, could be in, uh, like, uh, what, like Morrowind? Well, hold on. Like, did this game come out in Japan? Or, when, excuse me, was this game developed in Japan? No. Now we're, now we're. Are there sequels? Yes. Is it an RPG? 
Yes. Did you totally just like? <laughs> how did you land on Morrowind? Yeah, it's weird. <clears throat> oh, that sounded kind of Morrowindish. Uh, so wait, so it's a multi-platform RPG not developed in Japan. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, Dan, you may be onto something. I mean, here. it could it could also be something from Bioware. Yeah, um, yeah. So how do we want to go about this? Uh, okay, was this game played in the first person? Uh, I don't think so. That's ten. Did it come out on GameCube? No. Yeah. So that. I, that's that's still like Bioware games still didn't come out on on GameCube, did they? No, yeah. no, no. That I, I think yeah. we're looking at. Um, yeah. The, well, did the Bioware games come out on PC and Xbox? I think they were like PC as, only back in that era, weren't they? No. Mostly? Well, I mean, like Kotor came out on Xbox. Uh, is this a Bioware game? Yes. Oh yeah, dang! So could very well be Kotor. Is this a is this a Star Wars game? Yes. But it, okay. <laughs> is it? So uh, I asked if there were sequels. Asked if there were sequels. Does uh, but th- does that is mean there a sequel to Kotor two? There's no sequel to Kotor two. Well, unless we, you count unless you count the the Old Republic, which is an MMO. Which I don't is- really want to ruin it. Is this the <laughs> original game in a franchise or a sub franchise, whatever you would want to consider it? Yes. All right. Okay. So, is it Knights of the Old Republic? Yes. Woo! We did it. Two thousand three. You should have just switched it to Morrowind. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> credit credit to Dan on that one. Yeah, 2003, Xbox and PC. Uh, currently, got currently available on iOS. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah, Actually, I don't, yeah, I don't really recommend it on that platform. Yeah. And that one's at least more usable on a, a touchscreen because it's, the, the combat is pausable. Yeah. It's fine. Like, I actually, look, like, it's imp- like I've played it quite a bit and actually played it fairly recently. Like, it's impressive what they were able to do, but they spent so much time focusing on... <laughs> The how that they forgot to ask, that if they could, <laughs> that they didn't stop to ask if they should. Yeah. Like it totally works. Like you swipe left and right to look left and right and pause the combat. Like it's very workable, but it's still kind of like, well, like I wouldn't recommend it on that platform. Yeah, I mean that's another one you go and play on PC and install some mods, texture updates. Yep. Get, get play some Sabic. Kotor is a real good video game. Damn well is. Uh, all right, that's all the scoops we have for this week. Uh, next week will be our last scoop before E3, and we'll plan to do a big uh, E3 preview predictions episode next week. Yes. Until then, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com or omegacops at IGN.com. It's a real or email address. Camp Goose. Or Camp Goose. Wait, is it, I already forgot. I think it's Goose Camp. <laughs> I like Goose Camp. Well, you've got, you've got omegacops at IGN.com if you care to use that one. A real email address. That works. Can reach us there. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Dan. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out.
It's bad.